Hello. We want to thank you for joining our Living Messiah family by downloading this podcast. We hope it blesses you and enriches your life. We also want to encourage you, uh, if you can, and if your heart is so moved, to support this ministry by going on our website, livingmessiah.com, and donating to help us to put these podcasts in every nation, every place, so we can bring these messages to change lives, to help people grow in the Word of God. Once again, thank you so much for being part of our family. Shalom. All right. Shabbat shalom, everyone. I'm glad all of you guys are here. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. Wonderful day. It's nice and cool out here in Arizona. I had a nice drive in this morning. I'm glad all of you are here. And I'm glad that all of those online are Living Messiah families watching. Thank you to all those who donate and support us. We we so appreciate it. And if a thumbs up, uh, is, uh, that would be uh, another uh, thanks for the thumbs up, guys. I appreciate that as well. So let me open in prayer, and then we'll get to some of the, um, and then we'll get to some other things real quick. Father Yahweh, great and mighty you are. Father, there is none like you. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this day that we can gather, a country where we can gather, uh, Father, and um, grow in you. Father, be encouraged, be enlightened, be strengthened, because you are the Elohim, the creator that's of all things and we thank you father we thank you for the redemption we find in your son yashua father be with us today and we thank you for the empowerment of your spirit to overcome all things amen all right guys uh the same stuff as you know there's two mics out there if you have a question a comment raise your hand and uh the mic will find its way to you we just uh try to be on the um, Try not to get ahead of the text here because we all want to learn together and try to be as brief as possible in case there's others that would like to share something that's on their heart as well. So, well, that it keeps cutting out. Yeah, isn't it? it? I'll try not to move too much here. That's going to be hard. Okay. Okay, we did that. So last week, well, as you guys know, we're in the book of Acts, chapter 19. Last week, we dis discussed about the presence of the, the Father's Spirit, if you recall. And a lot of it really, in some sense, boils down knowing him and how that is so important. I, it's very important. Knowing him, to really know him, then ultimately to know him is then to keep his commandments, okay? He shows his name, his character. And we see that in Exodus, Exodus 26. It says this, but showing kindness to thousands, to those who love me and guard my commandments. And to know him is to know his commandments and vice versa. So that, to me, this, that whole thing, there's power in the name. Power in the name. So think about that, power in the name. It's power in that character, meaning it's just not a verbal thing. Walking in that name, walking in that character, that's the power. And we saw that through Paul and the apostles, all the way, anyone in the text that we see who walked according to saw things happen, right? So because of 
in all this here in Acts, because of one person following the Most High, things can change. We'll see that. That's, I want you to kind of focus on that as a theme because things are changing. Things change here. Look at Paul and his walk, for instance. Um, the text actually said last week we read, a great power and faith, trust, belief of Elohim strengthened and increased. And that happened because of Paul, who lived out his faith before these people. Two years in Ephesus, the power of the Spirit was shown. It was experienced by those who lived there as well. Okay, whether they submitted to the creator or not, doesn't matter. The power and all that was shown. So it is rightly so that we read in Acts 19.20, it says, So the word of the master was growing mightily and prevailing. It was, it was prevailing. Okay, this week we're going to read about the power of the spirit and how it affects all. Again, how it affects everybody. Remember, just like in the Exodus story, the power of Elohim, right, touched the lives of both the Egyptian Hebrews. Okay? So it's just not this, when the Almighty really moves, it's just not those his children see it, it's those who are not his children. And Exodus is that perfect example. Whether the Egyptians believed in this God that was doing all this didn't matter. But they saw the evidence. They experienced it just as much as the Hebrews experienced. So I think that's a really interesting way to look at uh, our creator. So um, it's just not this thing like other religions and so to speak. Oh, this happened over here. No, when he moves, all knows it. Whether you recognize it's a move of him or not, that's beside the point, right? So then, then ultimately, then that brings us how one responds is having faith or no faith, right? Action is required or the lack of action. But ultimately, action is required. I think that's one of the big things uh, that we can say about the God of Israel who he is, what he has given, it demands a response. It demands a response in action, just not in thought, not just words of our mouths, but it, he demands change, right? He demands change. He didn't waste all that time on Mount Sinai for it to be done away with. It was to change the hearts of men, right? Okay. All these things I know we know, but we have to repeat or repeat this to ourselves all the time. I know I do. You know? So Acts 19, it will continue. And about that time, there came to be a great commotion about the way. For a certain man named um, Demetrius, a silversmith, who made silver shrines to Artemis or Dinah, depending on your translation, provided no, uh, provided no little business to the craftsmen, meaning big business, what he's saying, who, having called them together with the workers of similar trade, said, Men, you know 
that our, our wealth is from this business. And you see in here that not only Ephesus, but throughout all, almost all Asia, this Saul shall uh, persuaded and turned many away. A large number saying that they are not mighty ones made by hand. This is in, like I said, the, the effect of the Most High and His Spirit through people affects not only that person that's in obedience, right? It affects those around. So, so what we have then is Paul's two years really made an impact. Or should we say the word of Elohim, right? His power. This is all due to the power, ultimately, of the son's obedience to the father. If we trace back, that link breaks down to, it was because of Yahshua's obedience to his father that Paul and all were called out to do these things. So you can see that that's amazing. His words, if followed, then change lives. The contrast of light and darkness is shown here in Ephesus, for sure. We're going to see this contrast, and it being the season about light or whatever, I think that's fitting. So, what we have then, when there's this the power of the Most High, His Spirit, some don't want this change, do they? Changing... To his ways means things will change. Okay? You're eating, holidays, friends, action, behavior, displaying the fruits of the Spirit. That means a change. All of us. It doesn't matter. You can't just lop that all off to the world because he speaks to us. That means in our lives, if there is not change happening, then we should ask ourselves where do we need to change something? Because, like I said, that's what he asked of us, to change our lives. We, like Messiah's uh, parable, speaks about the soils. We talked about that. It's an ongoing work within ourselves, always. Because then this is, help me... Uh, Help me finish this. Because ultimately, then, it's by the blood of the Lamb and the word of testimony. Yes, the word of the testimony that they overcome. You see how that's intertwined very beautifully. Overcoming is, then, continued action. Not just a one-time action thing. It's a continued action. It's this continued action of working out that free gift. Let's maybe put it that way, that gift of salvation. Work out your own salvation. And like Pat pointed out rightly, then you can see how Revelation, even the end of the book, matches with the beginning of the book. And I heard a loud voice saying in the heavens, Now have come the deliverance and the power, and the reign of our Elohim, and the authority of his Messiah. 
for the accusers of our brothers who accused them before our Elohim day and night has been thrown down. How are they thrown down? How does anything that opposes the most high's ways thrown down? They overcame because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their witness, testimony. And they did not love their lives unto death. Another way of putting it, they gave up their ways for his way. Right? We can simply put it in those terms as well. Which is so interesting. Like I said, you got, well, that's Mount Sinai. And this is Revelations I just read. And boy, they come together just finally with the Messiah in the middle. Perfectly. So, oh, did you have your hand on uh, <laughs> exactly where he's always been so how is this pattern today okay and this is where we need to look at things and about that time there came be a great commotion about the way so if I understand this some people complaining it seems like, about this way. Okay, the way was this sect of Judaism or however you want to look at it. This was called, this was the title given to those who were following the Messiah. The way. Derech, right? The path. The way. But there was a great commotion here. And we're reading a little bit what that commotion might be with. So, so it was rightly said, so the word of the master was groaning mightily and prevailing, changing people. That's what was happening here. And again, when people's behavior changes, it affects other people around them, good or bad. So just like in the Exodus story, the Most High, it affected lives. And when people's lives are changed, and when your lives were changed due to his ways and following, right? It affected people around you, family members, did it not? Maybe some said, wow, I'm glad you're on this path. Others said, grow, come on, let's go out. Kicks them down. We got a lot to party, right? And then those types of friends maybe didn't like the new you, possibly. Right? Change. Much. And how it affects. Because you've always heard that you found God. Oh, well, that's great. Till it messes with someone's money, someone's pocketbook. They're all good with you. And that's where I'm kind of looking at what's happening here. Till somebody's money, it's all good that you're trustworthy and good Christian believer in God or whatever. And I do have something specific in mind. Actually, there's several here that we have in America. But when that mindset starts happening, 
when it starts affecting somebody else's money, we have the same thing that we had back then. Man, man hasn't changed. You know, it's all good, you know, till we can't make any money off you. Right? Be thinking about that. Because I believe there's something bigger here for us to understand, again, even for today. The human condition will not change without the guide of the set-apart spirit. Just like in some ways I was concluding, no unclean spirit can be cast out of anybody except him because he's the only one that has the power to have power over the unclean. So, to me, my logic, and you tell me if I'm faulty here. I got a, there's a lot of you guys out there, good thinkers and scriptural-based uh, people, but it seems like then, then the human condition cannot change without the set-apart spirit, without the creator who created them, right? So, I was thinking about uh, reading to the end and coming back, but let's continue with this story with this idea of, I think the best way that I was kind of summing it up, change is happening, and it's just not for the believers, okay? This change and evidence of the Most High is seen in one way and, if, and is affecting others around. Now, if that's the case, then that's pretty heavy. That means I, in my life, if I'm walking accordingly, that those around me, even people I don't know, there should be some kind of impact a little bit here and there. Right? Because if you have old friends and they don't see a change in you and you're the same whatever you were, then you've got to ask yourself, how close are you walking with the Messiah or are you just walking with him on the weekends or when you're around the brothers and sisters, right? So we should, in some ways, affect the world around us. And that old saying, oh, it comes to my head, the way the church goes is the way that nation will go. Well, I think that kind of proves itself out real clear here in America, right? So let's continue to read what's going on here. And there's some things I kind of want to point out, and maybe I'm speculating here, making connections that are may, may not there, but the pattern of human behavior is always there, and it only can be curbed by the Spirit of the Most High. Right? And not only is this trade of ours in danger of becoming re, uh, coming to rejection, but also that the temple of the great female mighty one Artemis, whom all Asia and the world worships, shall be regarded as worthless and her greatness diminished. diminished. And having heard this, 
they were filled with rage and cried out, saying, Great is Artemis of um, Ephesus. And the entire city was filled with confusion. But it seems like they're all in unity, but confused. And the entire city was filled with confusion, and they rushed with one mind into the theater, having seized, uh, what's his name, Genos and Artiochus, uh, Macedonians, Saul's fellow travelers. And Shaul, intending to go in among the mob, the taught ones did not allow him. And some of the officers of Asia began, uh, be, uh, being his friends, sent to him, begging him not to risk himself into the theater. Yes, Mark. So if this Artemis is such a great god, how could she be dethroned by a mere human being? Exactly. It's so ridiculous, even the, this what's coming out of their mouth. And this idea of the way, as you're talking about here, this idea of the way, we're going to I mean, it's, it's always awesome how God ties our messages together because we're going to talk about the way later on today as well, about what what really is this way. And so it's just it's crazy here. This, this God can be dethroned by human beings, and why would they worship it? Yeah, no, and here's here's uh, here's some of my speculation, or some of my pattern. I I don't think I'm that far off. It's interesting. All of a sudden, you have one little group of people. This is affecting our pocketbook, and we're not big enough, so we got to get other people, and we have to convince them to be on our side. But we will just throw out some things. And, and it's interesting, the whole mob, in some ways, they're all for it, but they were confused of why they were there. Another term would be they were, wasn't sure why they were protesting, but they're out there, right, for something. And I can't tell you how many things I've watched. They go to these big protests. Some of these people have no clue why they're there. It's just another place for them. They feel important. They're there. They don't know why. They have their own per personal thought, and they're not even within the groups on the same mindset, but they're there somehow. Woody. Yeah, I just wanted to jump in on what Mark was saying. So um, chaos sells. <laughs> That's a, This is all marketing. Uh, it's my contention that these people are don't really believe great is Artemis. They might not even know who she is. But the people who are losing out on money, and this happens all the time today. You see this all the time today. Like if you watch some show or social media or Netflix or whatever, you think everybody's gay. And that's just not the case. So we're talking like 2 to 5% of the population, even less with trans. But it's selling this type of perversion, uh, the marketing arm, which is huge, um, and so this is, ex to me, when you're reading this, I'm seeing that this is what these people are doing, and that's also why they're confused, because it's chaos and there's confusion. God is not a God of confusion. Yah is not a God of confusion, right? So um, it's just amazing to witness this, yet it is still the way Satan sells stuff today. It's exactly the same. No, I think, thank you, Woody. I appreciate that, because it's interesting 
The whole city was confused and they rushed with one mind into Hollywood. I know it says the theater, but ultimately, like Woody was pointing out, hey, you, we've got to turn this in a good production. We need actors to help us out with this whole thing. Right? I can't tell you how many times, and I honestly do believe, people are paid to go protest and they don't even know why they're there because of the money and ultimately all I'm, I guess I'm not trying to be on some kind of soapbox here. All I wanted to do is point out to you that the world has not changed, but he hasn't changed either. And that means our walk can be powerful and change lives as well. And that doesn't mean we have to be out there protesting when it's needed, it's needed, but it's this simple way. Paul was there for two years talking with people, befriending people, treating them like Messiah would treat somebody, impacted their lives. And there was the power. So you do have then people confused. Confused of the cause. If we don't know why we're here. Not sure why they're even protesting. But it is interesting in some ways how the theater is a place where they come together. And Hollywood, that would be movies, news anymore. There is no really news anymore. You guys know that. It's more of an entertainment platform. It's another type of Hollywood. It's just done acting in a different way. So, but again, it's huge. And sometimes it might seem like it's overpowering or whatever. And that might be the case, but guess what? As you guys know, and I know, we have a God who's above all that. And all he asks us is to be obedient and walk out the things he has for us in a righteous life. He knows how to redeem his people. He knows how to guide them through all these pitfalls that we have in front of us all the time, daily. But that comes back on us. How well are we going to not be an actor in a sense of playing a show, but being a participant in the family of Elohim, meaning being a son or daughter, a true son or daughter, not a fake one, a true one. And that's challenging for all of us. Then others indeed shouted this and, uh, um, this and others that for the assembly was confused and most of them did not know why they had come together. See, I didn't make it up. That's what the text is saying. And some of the crowd instructed Alexander, the Eudim uh, or a Jew, putting him forward. And Alexander motioned with his hands 
and wished to make his defense to the people. But having recognized that he was a Jew, maybe that he was religious, all with one voice cried out for about two hours. They just went on. Didn't even want to hear anything. You've seen that plenty of times. Don't want to sit and talk through anything. No, you're this, you're that, you're that. Be gone. No thought process, no, no really debate of any sort. Not that debates are perfect, but this is where I am. You're wrong, and that's it, right? Anyhow, but having recognized that he was a Jew, I'm saying possibly... Uh, they recognized that he didn't walk the same way. He wasn't part of their worldly system, for sure. Because if they recognized that he was a Jew, then he probably dressed as one. And they knew quite clear that he was one. So for two hours, great is Artemis of Ephesus. And the city clerk, having calmed the crowd, said, Men of Ephesus, what man is there who does not know that the city of Ephesus is the guardian of the temple of the great female mighty one Artemis? And of that which fell down from Zeus. Let me back up, because real quick, this isn't, uh, I just want to mention Artemis. She's being, she's like the center point here. Just a little background on her, tiny bit. Fake deity, all right. But the, some people seem to recognize her for what? So why was it a big thing? Her main virtue, she swore never to get married. That's pretty interesting. Female goddess who will never marry, never have a family, never know what it is to have kids, never know the intricacy of man and woman, the very thing that Elohim said is good. Go, be fruitful, multiply, see my character see life experience actually a little bit who i am by able to have life it all comes from him but to experience to give birth to a child she swore never to do that in addition artemis she was also referred as cynthia luna Phoebe and other, and that Roman name that might be in your text, uh, Diana. So I just think that is kind of interesting just in itself. There was other things she was noted for, but I thought that was pretty interesting here as far as that. Obviously, Yes, sister. I had a question in verse 33. 
Maybe I'm missing it. Who's Alexander that the Jewish people put forward? I'm I'm not sure. I I he I, he might be part of. It seems like he's part of the apostles in some ways or somebody. I I didn't have time to research him on what he was, but he was doing something. And it to me it seems like uh, he's trying to okay uh, be supportive of the way. Why are you all against these people you know is that based on was he mentioned before in the book of acts do you know or is it just this passage um i'm not sure if it's that one insane person it very well could be it very well could be so then do you see how it's kind of interesting at least for me this behavior is no different than today you might have little you know, little added things, some little taken away or whatever, but it's the same type of things going on. Therefore, if these matters are undeniable, you need to be calm and do not act rashly. I think, isn't that what you just said, Mark? If they... If they all believed in this God, why are you complaining? If she's so big and cool, then there should be no threat from anybody telling your God is just a worthless piece of stone. For you have brought these men here who are neither temple robbers nor speaking evil of your female mighty one. Sorry, I did speak down about this mighty one a little bit. If truly then, Demetrius and his fellow craftsmen have a case against anyone, the courts are open and uh, there are proconsul. Let them accuse one another. And if you have any further complaint, it shall be settled in the regular assembly. For we are in danger of being accused of a riot concer uh, concerning today. There being no reason which we should give uh, to account for this disorderly gathering. And having said this, he dismissed the assembly. Now, I think it's kind of interesting. I think the threat, hey, we can't have any riots here because Rome, I believe, is was the big boy on the block running the show. And if there's not peace, and they come in and they don't care. They're going to make it. So. so I just think that's interesting. And this is where I want to open it up for you. What are some of the things in this that hopefully presenting it in this way impact you as far as maybe how you see some of the same behaviors out there? Because ultimately, like I said, you know, being Christian is one thing, but it's not a money maker for any. Well, there are some people speaking. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go down that path, but <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but ultimately, you know, it doesn't. I'll put. I'll give you an example. You take a young woman. She has child. 
it is if that young woman does not make her way to the abortion clinic, that affects somebody's pocketbook. Does it not? It does. These things are very real today, and we have to be aware of them. So that's what I'm saying on that simple, let's say that simple scenario there. Say if you have a neighbor or somebody, and how you behave, how they see you behave. I don't know, maybe you drop a word, and somebody else drops a word, and whatever, and they're like, no. I, I can't give up my child in that manner. I'm going to, however, have it. You see what I'm saying? And I know those are very real circumstances. And there's plenty of other things. What some of the, if there's anything else comes to your mind where, you know, in a sense, our behavior does not profit somebody or our behavior takes away Actually, to be honest, it should start taking away a lot of Hollywood if this nation is what they say. Hollywood should be broke by now. Disney should be broke by now. But anyhow, go ahead. So I'm thinking as I was um, this, this year, I had such a hard time finding these candles. I found these, um, well, it doesn't matter where I found them, but I think that the more that people are becoming aware, more believers are becoming aware that, that Christmas is pagan and they'll want to come around to Hanukkah, the, the, the commercialized people, the, the people who commercialize Christmas, they're not going to be that happy when Christmas decoration sales go down. Mm -hmm. Oh, very true. And that's, uh, and that's what I'm saying. Uh, or maybe a, a clear thing it, you know we all of us we have to be walking this walk okay and i'm not going to change the world you uh, as individuals we may not change the world but as a unity of those following yes that's how that's how the world changed that's how Messiah gathered 12, taught them, got to know them, and how things went. So I think some of the simplest models, and we see Paul did the same thing. He just simply lived out his life for two years where he was at. And look what he caused. Look what he did. To the point that they, some people, wasn't, it wasn't a danger that their God would be disappearing, but it was the people who made money off that God were worried. So, yes. Someone give him the mic. Um, sorry, this is probably completely uh, unrelated to what you guys are talking about. I was getting popcorn over there, and I saw the sign for Happy Hanukkah, but it says there's a C on it, and there's... It looks like it says Chanaka. Chanaka. <laughs> yeah. Is there is is that like a pronunciation thing that I'm getting wrong? Uh, yes, because okay. it's 
Hanukkah, when it comes into English, it can be spelled various ways. Uh, that, that, you know, that it's the same word. It just can be spelled differently because it's coming into a different language. Yeah, some people spell it. You'll see it spelled in like three different ways. Even uh, Elijah, uh, even some of the prophets and the Hebrew names, you'll see that they're not always spelled or spelled in English the way we tend to recognize it all the time. There's, you know, and that's just coming from one language into another and the translator choosing that instead. That's all. So what I want to do is I'm going to finish with Acts 23. And after the upward had ceased, Shaul called the taught ones to him, and having embraced them, went away to go to Macedonia. So he's on the road again. He's out, set out on the road again. And having gone through those parts and having encouraged them with many words, he came to Greece. There he spent three months. When he was about to sail to Syria, he decided to return through Macedonia and as a plot was made against him by the Eudim. So, it starts to get even more interesting here for, uh, for Saul. Next week, uh, um, I won't be here, I think, for two weeks, right? Yeah, I won't be here for two weeks. Um, I happen to get some time off, so there's some projects my wife and I need to work on. Brother Paul has graciously going to sit in, so be prepared from, for some great thought and interesting, because most likely he's not going to be doing anything on the act. He has some other things he wants to um, draw out the spirit within you on. Yes, Polly. So before we move on from this section, I think it's very interesting that the little bit we know about Greek mythology, that Artemis is a daughter, considered a daughter of Zeus, and is worshipped as a goddess of childbirth or midwifery, also has something to do with hunting. That's why you see her depicted in art with a little deer yeah. next to her often. And I think it's almost ironic that the way the Greek men treated their wives, that they have some kind of obligation to worship this goddess in hopes that, um, because their, the treatment of women was very, let's just say, unbiblical. And for them to turn to uplifting this woman goddess kind of like in uh, what what is the word mark like making up for the way we treat our wives but we need her in their mind to protect our wives during childbirth and in uh, raising our children but they themselves did not treat their wives properly yeah thank you Polly so that's where we're going to leave off today so 
I hope there there were some things for you to think about um, with our world around us. And again, just to leave us, it's like we have an awesome God. Okay, he's empowered us with his spirit, with these commands and these things to work out and walk out in our lives. And guys, that's where the power is. That's where people's lives change and even your life will continue to change. I know mine has. So I want this to be encouraging, especially at this time. with all kinds of things going on in the world. Our, our God has not left us. He's right here. And let me close in prayer. Father, Yahweh, great and mighty you are. There is none like you. Father, you are faithful to yourself, to your name, to who you are. Father, you are faithful in showing mercy and favor to those who strive to love you and keep your commandments father thank you father you know we need your provision in these times you know that there is no one above you that you are above all things father father strengthen us and give us insight and wisdom for the days ahead father we thank you again for the love and mercy that we find in your son yashua our messiah and our king your very promise that you brought forth We thank you again. Amen. Shabbat shalom, everyone. Thanks for being here. And those online, thanks for joining. And we'll see you in two weeks.